that's one thing that I've noticed with how players lob, the trajectory of their lob is usually consistent. So if somebody's usually lobber, lobbing in a more linear fashion, then they're gonna you know, usually do that. And if they lob more high sky ball, that's how it's gonna be. There's not a lot of variance in the height of people's lobs. Okay, so we are back with another episode of the James Ignatowicz podcast. Um, kind of think about why I didn't come up with a more creative name for this podcast. And I really don't know why. I think I didn't put too much effort into it, didn't put too much thought into it. You know, all the effort and thought is just into the, the content and the quality of the podcast. So at least, at least that's what I tell myself. I tell myself I wasn't being lazy. So we're here. And uh, the first thing that I'm going to tell you guys about is this giveaway that I'm doing with Selkirk. So this isn't just an ad. This is actually uh, a good giveaway. We're going to give away a couple paddles. There's balls being given away. There's bags. And I think right now we're only at a, like 100 entries or so, and there's three winners. And we're going to cap it in a week or so. So you'll have a pretty decent chance of winning. And the prize package is good. And one of the requirements is actually signing up for my newsletter, um, which is kind of aggressive. Like, hey, you know, you got to sign up for my newsletter uh, if you want to enter this giveaway. And I thought about it and I was like, ah, well, I'm not selling them anything. And I really think that my newsletter is going to be good. I think I've already made a few and it is good. It's, it's just me and it's free and it's coaching. So, you know, through this podcast and through all the clinics that I've been doing, I've kind of fallen in love with coaching and, and spreading the game because I think it's important to, you know, in, in a game that's growing so quickly, philosophies are changing, paddles are changing, balls are changing. Uh, there's so many different dynamics in, in an unsolved sport that is pickleball. You know, it's not a solved sport. This isn't just tennis or baseball or football or basketball where everything is, you know, the right technique is clear and the right strategy is very clear. Pickleball isn't that. It's unsolved. And that's what makes it so fun for me to teach. It really is kind of a rewarding, fun thing. And I think I'm somebody who can teach well, and I think I know the game, at least that's my own opinion. Uh, so it's been fun and I've kind of fallen in love with teaching. So I've decided to, to give out a free newsletter where I'm just going to give out free coaching tips. And I'm not sure if I'll do it weekly or biweekly, but I'm going to do it pretty frequently. And there's going to be a bunch of stuff in there. We're going to talk about coaching, different strategy. We're going to do match analysis from my tournaments, uh, my thoughts on tournaments and, and different players and, you know, all just good stuff and really just focusing on the game. And I think there's going to be a section that talks about my camps. So if you have any interest in the camps and clinics that I'll be doing for the remainder of the year, that's going to be in there also. So we're going to cover all that stuff and we're not selling you anything because I know I'm, I have obviously, you know, I've been marketed newsletters before and all this stuff, subscribe, you know, whatever. And people are trying to sell me stuff or they're going to email me a hundred times about this and that. That's not what this is. You're going to get one email every two weeks at the most. And uh, if we're bothering you too much, you can unsubscribe. It's easy. We're going to make it easy to unsubscribe too. That's the other thing. We're not going to make it. Uh, I've tried to unsubscribe from a bunch of different stuff and you got to go to this website and that website. And I have no idea how to do that backend stuff. We've got somebody else doing it, but I told them make it easy to unsubscribe because I hate those those companies that make it impossible to, to unsubscribe from those dumb emails. Uh, not that I will want you to unsubscribe, but I'm just telling you, it's not going to be that annoying. So that's the first thing. Uh, second thing, we're doing an awesome clinic in Boston. Wanted to tell you guys about that. It's going to be at the Kingsbury Club and it's going to be awesome. I mean, we've got six different camps or six different clinics set up, all different levels. That's one that I'm really looking forward to. 
So um, I've posted it on my Instagram. It's the Kingsbury Club in Boston. You can check it out, sign up. Uh, I don't really know how to sign up for it. I didn't sign up. I'm the one teaching it. But uh, check that one out because I'm going to have two assistant coaches with me. And I think that one is going to be a particularly special and fun clinic. So now we're going to get into the coaching, which is why we're all here. And this is an important one. This is something that people have been asking me. I've been asked this at tournaments. And that's actually something that's funny. You know, I'm kind of going on and on here, but at tournaments, before I started doing my coaching podcast, nobody would come up to me at these tournaments with questions about, you know, the fourth and the third and on all these different pickleball questions that I'm being asked. And now in the last two months, people are like, hey, James, how do you hit the lob? Like, it'll be like 10 minutes before I'm about to go play Ben and Anna Lee. Somebody will come up to me and just be like, what's the technique on your serve? Like, I saw your podcast and you're talking about this and that. And I'm like, dude, this is. This is, um, well, I don't want to say it's not the time because please feel free to come up to me at the tournaments. I really do enjoy talking about it, but it's just kind of funny how it's just changed so radically and I'm grateful for it. I think, you know, with how many people are watching this podcast, it's, it's super awesome to me and I'm still kind of coming to terms with, with just how much I th at least think I'm, I'm helping people. So um, speaking of helping people, we're going to get into this. It's how to defend the lob because I have had so many people ask me how to defend the lob. And my first answer is, well, be 6'3 and young. That's what I did. No, that's not the real answer. So <laughs> the real answer to defending the lob is actually about anticipation because some lobs are higher and some are lower and you should really try to get try to get a feel for your opponent and how they lob because some people lob more linearly and some people lob more high sky ball and it's usually pretty consistent. That's one thing that I've noticed with how players lob the trajectory of their lob is usually consistent. So if somebody's usually lob lobbing in a more linear fashion, then they're going to, you know, usually do that. And if they lob more high sky ball, that's how it's going to be. There's not a lot of variance in the height of people's lobs for whatever reason, at least that's been my own personal, uh, you know, what I've seen. So if somebody's lobbing in a pretty, pretty linear way, if you anticipate it and if you get it right, you could take that lob on the rise. I know it sounds crazy, but you can actually just hold your ground right on the kitchen and just take it on the way up. People don't realize that they can do that. They think they have to run back. But if you see it early, you can take that one on the on the rise if it's linear. And if somebody's lobbing a sky ball and if you have no chance of taking it on the rise, which is most lobs, most people aren't taking lobs on the rise. You actually have to go back and get them. I think a big part of it is footwork. So some of us are going to just backpedal the entire time. That is actually not the most efficient way to move backwards. Okay. The most efficient way to move backwards would be sprinting backward, but we want to be able to, to see the ball and we want to, we're not running 50 feet. We're running a few feet. So the most efficient way is actually to go sidestep. So you want to sidestep. You're turning your shoulders this way. You're going to do crossover sidesteps. So I might demonstrate that, uh, not in this video, but crossover sidesteps. You're crossing your legs over and you're moving in a sides shuffle way. So I'm pretty sure we all know what that is. And I think the biggest thing for me is actually to take a, a big step first with my, me being a righty, my left foot. And if you're a lefty, your right foot. So I see it and I know I'm going to move back and I take a strong push off step with my front foot so that I can get my weight moving back quickly because that change of direction is where people lose time. So you see it and then you want to move this way and you're kind of stuttering. That's not the way. You want to plant that front foot quickly, right when you recognize it so that you can get all your weight going backward. That's how you get, you know, you move quickly into a side shuffle motion. 
So you side shuffle, you go back, and people think you have to drop this one in the kitchen. Kitchen That can be pretty difficult. Somebody lobs it over your head, you have to drop it right in when you're kind of shifting and you're turning over. That's not easy to do. So I do that sometimes. Most of the time, I'll just drive it low. I treat this like a shot where I'm on defense. Somebody's hit a really tough shot at me, and I'm just kind of trying to stay alive. Most of the time, you drive that one in. You're not going to reset it perfectly. And if you miss a reset too high, you're in trouble. If the drive is a little high, as long as you're still making it, there's a lower chance that they're going to kill you with that next ball at shoulder height. So I would say get back, hit a low drive. Unless you really like your drop, then drop it. But the most important thing about defending the lob is getting back quickly because it's not going to beat you in terms of speed. A lob isn't going to move so quickly that you can't beat it. I think all of us can run faster than a lob. And if you can run faster than a lob, I would run first and think about hitting the shot second. So you run back there, you beat the lob, so to speak, to the baseline. You get there as quick as you can. And then you come to terms with where you are and you make your decision. Do you want to drive or drop the ball? But you want to get back first so that your momentum can be at least even or moving forward by the time you hit the shot. So that's super important. You don't want to be on your way back, leaning back while you hit that lob defense. Because if you're leaning back and you're hitting a drive, good luck. It's probably going long. You lean back when you hit a drive, you're orienting yourself upward, and that drive is probably going long. That's where things get tough. So just get back there first, establish your feet, and then hit your lob defense. Or you could take it on the rise again, but that's that's not always easy. You have to anticipate it. And again, actually, we'll talk about anticipating the lob. So how to know when your opponent is going to lob. There's a couple key factors. So some players use a good bit of legs on their dink, so they bend their knees when they dink, and some players don't. And you can usually tell when someone's going to speed up at the, you know, at most levels, you can get a feel for it. And for the most part, a lob isn't going to look like a speed up. A lob is going to look closer to a dink. So let me say that again. If you see someone's going to speed up, probably not going to lob it. But if you see them and it looks like they're about to dink, except they're going to put a little more legs in it, they're bending down, they're getting lower. It just looks different from how they normally dink. And they're using a topspin swing. That's the second thing, because offensive lobs all have topspin. For the most part, at least good ones will have topspin. If they have slice, they're probably going to go out anyway. So if it looks like they're going to hit topspin and it looks different from a dink, it might be a lob. And you want to be on your toes and you want to be ready. If their weight is starting to move back, that's a good way to tell that they might lob it. So if you see somebody and they start to lean back more than they would if they were dinking, that's a great way to say, wait a minute, this might be a lob because people aren't always leaning back on their dinks. And for the most part, they're not leaning back on their speed ups. They're at least taught not to lean back on your speed ups. And nobody wants to be leaning back when they speed the ball up and then the next counter comes and they're in trouble. But when you lob, you actually do kind of orient yourself upward. You try to lob it over the other person and you'll lean back. So one thing you'll notice when people are lobbing is they're gonna bend their knees a little more than they would when they normally dink and they're gonna start to lean back. You see that? That's how you know a lob might be coming. And if you want to defend a lob properly, and if you don't plan on taking it on the rise, then the, the main thing is take a step back early. Take a couple steps back early. And if you're leaning in and somebody lobs it over your head, you're in a tougher spot. Because if you're leaning in right on that kitchen line and you try to get back and push off, it could be a kitchen fold. And they don't call that in rec, but there's a lot of push off calls. I think that's actually the most the, the biggest benefit to the lob, somebody takes it for an overhead, but it's a push off. And you hear that all the time. Kitchen fault, 
on the overhead. It happens a ton in the pro game. So I think those are the main things for anticipating a lob. And if you have any more questions, you want to go into more detail on any of that lob stuff, comment, and I will respond. I didn't respond to all the comments on my last show. That's going to change. I'm going to go back there and respond because I've just been busy with tournaments and clinics. I'm responding to all the comments. So let's see. Last thing, backhand flick. So this is very important. People want to know about the backhand flick and they want to know what's the difference between a backhand flick and a backhand roll. And I think the biggest difference and, and what it actually comes down to is how you go about hitting your shots. So Ben Johns isn't a very flicky player. He's more of a longer motion. It's more of a roll. You, you'll never see him hit a short flick, right? But if you look at like JW Johnson or me, for example, a lot of our out of the air shots are just very flicky. And what's the difference between a flick and a roll? A flick is almost all wrist and a roll is more of a long motion where a lot of it comes from the shoulder. So if you don't have a lot of wrist strength and you're not a very flicky player, I wouldn't try to teach you the backhand flick. I don't think it's easy to learn. And I think you're better served just hitting a backhand roll. And everybody has a different way of hitting their, their shots. I think a lot of us have very wristy motions naturally. I was always like that. And then some people don't. And I've been on both opposite ends of this spectrum because I spent a lot of time trying to get good lefty. As you guys know, I'm a 5'5 to maybe a 6'0 player with my left hand because I spent a ton of time training for it because I was bored. And I have no wrist strength with my left arm and with my left hand, and I'm just very weak here. So when I tried to attack with a flick that was similar to my right hand flick, I just couldn't do it. So if you'll watch me play lefty and I take a backhand out of the air, it looks like a more like a Ben Johns roll. It doesn't look like Ben's, it's not as good as Ben's, but that's what it looks like. It's just a roll like this because I don't have the wrist strength. So it's, it's something that comes down to how comfortable are you with you know, attacking out of the air with a backhand and not really using your shoulder, just using your wrist. That's the question. Okay. So the other thing is with a flick, you can take it farther in front than a roll because a roll you're using your shoulder and you want to be making contact at about here to get maximum power. But with a flick, you're not really using your shoulder. You're not really using your arm as much. It's mostly just wrist. So you can reach all the way in front and still get close to what the maximum power would be for you on that shot. So I think flicks have the capacity to just be better shots. I don't think there's too many pros who would say that Ben's backhand roll out of the air is more effective or better than JW's backhand flick. I'll leave myself out of it. By the way, I don't think mine is as good. JW's is the best. And I think if you asked other pros, they would say JW's backhand flick or backhand out of the air attack is the best in the game. And I think it's pretty clear. And I think the biggest reason for that is because he's he's flicking it and he's not rolling it. So he can actually meet it farther in front. He doesn't have to meet it back here to get the power because he's not using his shoulder or his arm as much. He's just using his wrist. So you need a strong wrist to do it. But if you do have a strong wrist and a naturally flicky motion, I would encourage you to, to use the backhand flick because I've tried both and I can assure you that the backhand flick has a higher ceiling. A backhand flick can be better than a backhand roll because you can meet it farther out in front, which means you can just attack more balls. So that's no small deal. And I also think that since you can shorten the kitchen with your backhand flick, your attacks are going to be more potent because you're making contact six inches closer to the other person. So that's all on the backhand flick slash roll. Uh, 
Oh, that's it. This is a short one. Um, if you guys have any questions, make sure to leave them in the comments. Um, that's it. I've, I've already mentioned everything. And thank you guys for watching again.